Thanks for tuning in to Drunk Dialing. This is my conversation with Kevin H. He is a sober, active member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Reminder, this podcast is not endorsed by Alcoholics Anonymous. We are just a couple of drunks trying to navigate this world of social isolation. Enjoy! So, uh, yeah, welcome to uh, Drunk Dialing. This is uh, Kevin H. Kevin's a really good friend of mine. Um, Kevin uh, travels a lot. I think he's got a really unique perspective on kind of this new, I don't know what we call this, this kind of lockdown perspective, this quarantine deal that we're on. Kevin just celebrated um, four years of sobriety. Um, and I, I just, I've always really respected, Kevin, your 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 program. And, um, if, you know, I, I don't know what it is about alcoholics. Like we always have to believe that the other person's an alcoholic. So if you just want to kind of give, you know, your bona fides, why it is that you are in the program, you know, kind of a little bit of your story, you know, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Corey. Uh, really appreciate, uh, you having me on. I, um, again, my name is Kevin, uh, I've been sober since April 9th of 2016, and just two days ago uh, celebrated that fourth year. And and it's really been an interesting time, you know, for everybody. But when I think about my sobriety, uh, how this kind of, you know, stay-at-home, shelter-in-place, whatever, quarantine thing has kind of lit a fire uh, for me to to kind of get back involved in meetings. And while, uh, you know, and we'll talk about this certainly, but... While uh, we can't get into rooms, um, you know, I've been jumping on uh, Zoom meetings and, and and it kind of lines up with a lot of the work that I do in my job uh, in terms of how I've communicated. And, and so, yeah, um, you know, I, I, the, the, this fourth year kind of, kind of snuck up on me or the, the anniversary of it did. I, um, I grew up on a, uh, a farm in Southwest Iowa and, you know, just really, uh, really an awesome childhood. I had a great family, uh, normal drinkers, I would say, even in my extended family, as far as I knew. Um, you know, I was, I was 13 or 14 when I got drunk for the first time. And, and I very clearly remember, you know, that first buzz. And, and I remember bed spins very clearly. Um, and I, I don't remember, I remember having fun when I was drinking with my buddy, uh, really got, uh, you know, I, my parents were, were not overly strict, but I remember dad reading me the riot act and, you know, kind of being, uh, being in trouble for a while. But, but then, you know, that, that kind of came and went and, and I didn't feel the need to, to, uh, to go drinking again. Although I, I, I did think it was fun. Now, a couple of years later, I would say is, is when I really got going. I was 16. I had a car running around with my buddies. And, you know, anybody from a small town knows there just isn't a whole heck of a lot to do when you're a teenager. So, you know, high school was mostly drinking beer. And, you know, it's what we did pretty much every Friday and Saturday night. And I don't ever remember just, you know, drinking one or two. It just didn't. It just, it just didn't happen that way. You know, right. I, I enjoyed uh, drinking uh, to get drunk. I didn't think about it that way at the time, of course. But, you know, I I, I think I, I felt like it was all pretty harmless stuff, you know, that we were doing. We, we we did a lot of really, really stupid things. You know, we 
we drove our cars around and drank beer constantly. We were always finding a kegger that was going on, yep. you know, out, out in the country on somebody's farm or some old dirt road. And uh, it was just freaking awesome. Yep. Um, and, and I really didn't get into any real trouble. You know, I got, I got a couple of tickets, you know, minor traffic offenses. Um, my, I had a, a, a relative who was actually uh, the chief of police which wasn't all bad, <laughs> you know, small towns, right. police. And, and back then, and, and of course, I'm 56, so back then, things were different. Um, you know, th- there wasn't this um, kind of... Um, Graduated folk, folk. license, yeah. Yeah, right. They just pour you back in your car yeah, and they, follow you they home. Take, yeah, they take your booze. They, they don't even always follow you home, you know. They take yeah. it, they... They, uh, you know, scream at you and, and you, you know, you go uh, around the corner and you keep partying. So um, no, no real trouble. I, I, and I really, looking back, I, I know at the time, I, I just always thought I was cool. I, I considered myself a, a pretty, pretty outstanding drunk driver, you know, <laughs> but, but I was, I was just so freaking lucky over the years. Yep. I mean, yep. I, I, I have some memories of some really close near misses and, um, you know, kind of got through it. Uh, sure. It's just what we did. I, I, I ended up going to Iowa State, and you know, we partied a lot. I, I, um, I had a great group of friends there. Pretty much partied my way through. I was kind of skated by in class, and the the first real kind of circumstance that um, consequence, I guess, of, of my partying. Um, my sophomore year at Iowa State, I was walking back from a party at my brother's dorm floor. My brother's two years older than me, and um, I stepped out in front of a car on Lincoln mm. Way that was right. going 35 miles an hour. I and another guy, we were in a, we were, there was a large group of us. Two of us got hit, uh, yeah. shattered my pelvis. I'm in intensive care uh, for a week or so, and, and I, I was just really, really lucky that I didn't get killed. I, I put my parents through a whole lot. I ended up having uh, surgery up in Toronto by a, a guy who who had kind of uh, developed this process for basically fixing severe pelvic trauma. It, my, my pelvis was shattered. I ended up um, spending a couple months on my back in the hospital. Mm. I've got a metal plate and a bunch of screws that are still in my, in my hip. Um, but I can tell you, up up until I got to AA, I, I didn't even consider that being a consequence of of my drinking. Sure. And and, and for my my rationale was that I I felt like up until up until maybe ten years ago, from from this point right right now, up until ten years ago, I could pretty much shut it off when I needed to. Right. I I, I didn't my, that off switch for me didn't really break, and I didn't really my, my my progression was really, really slow. Mm-hmm. I just considered myself uh, uh, somebody who liked to have fun, and I right. partied. I partied hard, and, and so did my friends, and it's what we did. I, I ended up, after college, I, I went to work in investment sales, and then I kind of got into banking for, for a few years. And it was mostly for me then. I was, I was into my job. I was pretty focused. Um, I was married, no kids. And it's my first marriage. I'm, I'm I've been married twice, um, but it was mostly weekend partying for about mm-hmm. 20, 25 years, really. Um, uh-huh. my, my, my first wife was from 
Dubuque, Iowa. She was from a large Catholic family of, of beer drinkers, man. Um, and I could tell you, um, I could always rely on my father-in-law to greet us at the door with a couple of cold beers. And sure. we went in there and we, we drank and it was just, you know, what everybody around me was doing and it was, it was so normal. Um, yeah, so I, I ended up uh, getting divorced after uh, 11 years of marriage and I, I never, never really blamed alcoholism or, or my drinking or, or hers on, on that event. Sure. But, but, but looking back, it, it didn't help. It, it certainly played it played a part. Um, so you know, again, um, that whole um, th- that whole time period there. Um, I, when when I got divorced, um, I I had a buddy who was divorced at the same time, and I can tell you, I, we went pretty wild for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of close calls, uh, ended up spending a night in jail over in Johnson County, um, Iowa State football game kind of thing. Um, and that, I remember sitting in the jail that night, and it, it really woke me up. I, I, I remember thinking, what the fuck am I doing here, you know? And, <laughs> I don't and, think and, you're an official alcoholic until you spent the night in Iowa City right, Jail. So. Right? Johnson yeah. County, they're just notorious. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I was partying four or five nights a week at the time. Right. Again, I was divorced, no kids. Right. Um, my job was fine. I was, I was getting by. I was managing it, right? Um, sure. I, and I, as, as shocked as I was to, to be sitting there in jail, I'm thinking about my family and my, my parents, you know, what am I going to tell my parents, you know, um, for me. That's, that's how it was for me. Um, right. And I, I swear, I stayed at home and didn't drink for a good four or five nights. <laughs> and, 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 and it, was, it, it may have been a whole week before I went out again. And then I was like, I don't know, whatever. Um, I ended up, um, I was introduced to my, my current wife, who really, she's really saved my, helped save my life along with sure. AA. But I was introduced to her by my ex. They were friends, and I didn't really see that coming. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we started dating, and, and the rest uh, on the home front is kind of history. I, I, I traded up. I've got two beautiful daughters. Um, when, when I, before I got to AA, um, you know, I, I was... I was sure that I could fix it myself. I, I came to, I, I realized that I was struggling and it was, it was apparent at home. Um, we were, um, you know, we, we were doing, you know, some of the things that the book says, well, Kevin's only going to drink two tonight, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I became quickly, I became this master at pre-drinking, you yeah. know, and, and, and I, I switched before this happened. Um, I'm traveling a lot, right? My, my job's going great. I start traveling all over the country. I'm doing a lot of public speaking for work. Um, and that, um, you know, looking back, that, that really um, kind of helped the progression uh, along. It moved the progression along um, at a pace that it hadn't, you know, for the 25 years prior to that. And, uh, you so know, were you drinking they, more on the road? Um, I was both. I, I was I was doing both. I had my sure. system down, and I was I was isolating at home, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I I was making the excuse in my mind that I was trying to keep the peace at home. Right, my kids were sure. really young. Um, 
you know, I, uh, I could, you know, I could go down in my basement of the house that we were living in at the time and, you know, I'd pull the bottle of vodka out from under the sofa and, you oh, know, I, yeah. I, I, could, I could make it until, you know, 8.39 at night when we'd get the kids to bed. My wife would wind down and, and I'm in the basement, you know, watching sports and, uh, and I've got my stadium cup and I'm kind of hiding it and, you know, it, it just got worse and, you know. You're not, my, you're not bothering anybody. You're, you know. Not, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not bothering anybody. I kind of thought I had, I kind of thought I was hiding it okay. And I, and maybe for a little while I was, but I didn't have anybody <laughs> fooled. I didn't have anybody fooled. And, and it just, and it obviously it got to kind of this breaking point and I could just kind of see, you know, I, I um, I've equated it in, in meetings um, in the past to this feeling that, you know, when, when I was a kid, my brother and I, we would take our little 22 rifles out and go rabbit and squirrel hunting in the winter. And we had a neighbor that had a farm pond, and um, we'd go, you know, sliding around on that pond and, and you know, shooting the ice. And I, I always like to take risks, and, and I, it's just kind of in my nature. Um, I, I like to skydive. I'd do that more if I could. They're just mm-hmm. different things like that. I, I, um, and and I've I've always kind of had this, um, and 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 I don't know if it's an entitled feeling or not, but. You know, I always kind of felt like the rules are for for other people. The, the rules don't really apply to me. You know, I'm I'm fine. I'm not hurting anybody. You know, the sure. speed limit the speed limit sign that's that's for that's for the the guy beside me <laughs> that I'm passing. Um, <laughs> so so I go out on this ice and it, and it would start to crack. You know, it hadn't been cold enough, and my brother would say, you know, let's get let's go home. I'd want to take a couple more steps. And, you know, the, the ice just starts to crack, 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 crack. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, I threw this stick over here. I'm going to go grab it. And, 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 and I, you know, I knew that there was a risk. And, it, and it's, um, it's some of that thinking that, that has gotten me in trouble. Um, sure. And it certainly, it, it, it caused me to, um, to take more risk with my drinking. And I just kept pushing it. And it just got worse. You know, I, sure. I, got, I got to a point where, there was never a time when I would be cutting my grass on the weekend where I didn't pull a, a bottle of vodka out from the workbench and, you know, I'd taken out a, a stadium cup that was, you know, filled with, with ice and, you know, I, I'd, I'd be drinking vodka, um, mm. you know, mid-morning and and I knew it was wrong. I mean, sure. I, I, I knew I had a problem. I ended up buying... Um, you know, I, I would I would buy self help books like um, there was one that was like how um, how to drink in moderation or yeah. the, the easy the easy way to stop drinking right sure and yeah. and and I exhausted that that mm-hmm. it, it became clear to me that that there there was um, it, it was going to get worse and and my my things didn't didn't break on me I didn't I got I got um, here. I got to the program soon enough. Um, you know, I, I had missed a couple flights at work. I had a very forgiving boss, but it wasn't going to go on much longer. You know, sure. there, there's only so much of that crap, and so, there's only so many excuses. I was pretty good at making them, and but you run out, right? Sure. And so, luckily, you know, I had a, I had a friend who was six or seven years sober at the time, I think, and um, he was the only guy I knew um, who didn't drink and that I hung out with. Our daughters were, were good friends. He had lost his wife when his daughter was maybe, you know, two or three. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was real for him, right? And I remember when I first met him, 
another friend. We we had some couples that were together, and somebody's like, "Yeah, you know, Ron, he he doesn't drink." I'm like, "What?" You know, <laughs> What's wrong I was like, I was like, "What?" And, and you know, okay, so what do we do? It was like, okay, so he's coming over to barbecue. What what what, what do I do? What are we gonna talk about? It's like it's like, don't worry, you know what? Don't change, don't change what you do. I'm like, okay, I play. So anyway, but so you know, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm. I'm hiding it from him, you know. I, you know, people would leave. Pe- people, people would leave. Like my, my, my condition, right? I remember telling him for the first time. He's like, he kind of looked at me cross. He's like, really? And then I was telling him what I was doing, and we were sitting in my basement. I pulled a bottle of vodka out from under the sofa. <laughs> he kind of rolled his eyes, and, you know. Anyway, long, fast forward. Long story short, I he ended up he ended up uh, int- introducing me to. Uh, to uh, Tim, my current sponsor, and it, it was like the best thing that ever, ever happened to me. I mean, um, even then, I, I, I was I was in a hole in my mind that my thinking was was so messed up. I, I literally thought my life was over. Right? I knew I had to stop, mm-hmm. and I knew and I knew I couldn't do it myself. And I'd exhausted everything, and and I I was I was um, I was not willing to to risk losing my wife and my kids over it and my job. And I, you know, I, I um, luckily had a, um, uh, you know, a circumstance there that led me to, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, as much as I thought <clears throat> my life was going to suck, it's just turned out to be the opposite. And, and it is, um, it, it's really uh, a miracle. Um, got a text from a buddy Kind of jokingly saying, "Man, if this guy uh, can be sober for four years, that's a that's a miracle if I've ever seen one." Um, no, <laughs> and you know, it, it really no is. No, yeah. There's no joke. There's no joke. It's I sit here and you <clears> know, <throat> in, in a beautiful house with an amazing family. I've got a great job. We're in the middle of a freaking pandemic. We can't get to meetings, and I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm better than okay. And, and I wouldn't be without. Uh, my sponsor and w- without this program and, and and with you without you and and uh, and the friends that I've made in this program it's pretty pretty incredible. That's that's awesome. So what was it like? Um, you know, your first you, you first come in to a like walk me through that those first couple yeah. of meetings. Yeah. So um, so things were really bad at home and I um, I'm I'm kind of looking. Um, for solutions, I'm talking to to my buddy Ron more. It's like you know, go to a meeting, see what you think. And I'd had some trouble on the road at a a, a work event, and I, I'm I'm getting desperate. Right, um, the the writing was on the wall for me. I was just I was venturing too far out on that thin ice, and mm-hmm. um, I went to a Saturday morning, nine o'clock. I think it was a step study meeting over at uh, Lutheran Church of Hope. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there scared, um, kind of sat in the uh, in the back corner, and I'm seeing people come in. I actually recognized a couple people, which shocked me. Really? I, 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 at that time, at that time, I still had this image, and I I mean I knew it wouldn't be this bad, but I I still had this image of alcoholics being these guys at the end of the bar in a, in a dive bar that that wake up in the in the alley in the in the back or under a bridge and you know I just didn't it just wasn't around me growing up it wasn't in my family and 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 I just I just didn't know I I didn't know what what it was going to be like I went in there 
And I was, I remember being blown away, seeing people that look like me, men and women, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and then hearing them speak. And I'm like, oh, I do that. I, re- I literally remember like these yeah. light bulbs going off yeah. thinking, shit, I do that. Um, and I remember um, getting a big book in there, people writing their phone numbers. And I remember going home, going uh, into our master bedroom and sitting on the bed and bawling and my wife talking to my wife about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, um, that there was, it was kind of a sense of relief. Um, but I was still, you know, I, I was, I was, I was fearful. I hadn't stopped, really stopped drinking at that point. Maybe I'd gone a few days. I, I don't know where I was in terms of that. I hadn't really had a start date until maybe a couple months after that. I, I, um, but I got really excited. Um, and, and you know, jokingly I've said you know I went to that first meeting and I was like on fire for AA I I actually went back to another meeting like a whole week later <laughs> I, yeah, you know it was I like know. I thought I thought wow you know I'm going to do this again yeah yeah, yeah. there's meetings all through the week I had no clue I went back to that meeting I uh I I, I wasn't sure even then I wasn't maybe ready um I, I knew I couldn't do it on my own but I wasn't sure if I was ready and um, ended up, I was on the road again. I ended up calling Ron from the road. I was like, man, I, you, you mentioned this number, this guy I could call. And then I, I remember uh, calling Tim, ended up meeting with him. And, uh, and, and, and there I was, you know. And, and he told me uh, kind of, uh, he, he asked me a lot of questions. And, um, and I remember thinking, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I need to do because what I'm doing is going to uh, take me where I absolutely can't can't tolerate going. Um, and so I started going to meetings. We 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 started reading the big book at his house. It was it was it was pretty wild. Um, and and even then I didn't know what was what. Um, but I remember I remember standing up having you know 30 days. And still at that time, I had no clue, you know. I, I just knew that it was working, and I was feeling better, you know. Then, mm-hmm. then you get 60 days, and I'm feeling like, wow, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I, seriously, I remember just um, feeling better and thinking. And, and of course, um, you know, looking back, it's, it's this, um, as my alcoholism was this progression, you know, my, my, my kind of, Starting to get better was a progression, and um, you, you know, I, you know, I, I know, even today, I, I'm, I'm not good at kind of following uh, guidance that that I know is right, and um, you know, getting to three or four meetings was something that for a, a, a the majority of of my sobriety I was doing, and. And I was good with it. There was a point maybe nine months ago, a year ago, where, man, I was just running ragged on the road. I'd get home. My wife worked full-time in a very demanding job, and our kids were just super busy. And, you know, the my home group met on a night when my kids were, you know, needed rides to dance to and from, and the, their ages are staggered. So we were just um, – it there were a lot of excuses that I built in that – and the fact that I was still good. You know, I I'd gotten to a point. Sure. I'd gotten to a point maybe 
nine months into my sobriety where I literally had convinced myself and I felt it truly and I still do to this day that when I, I walked by, um, you know, the, the liquor at, uh, at the convenience store, at the grocery store, I look at it and it just looks like poison to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guarantee you that I I, I know what's going to happen if I if I put that poison in my mouth. And it, my yeah. question is, so you and I talked about about a year ago, kind of about this. Is that is that being a member of? Because I'm kind of I'm exactly the same way. But is that being a member of a? You know what I mean? Like, is that just because you don't drink anymore? Like what is that? What does that mean? Just because you don't drink anymore? Well, what is what group does that put us into? Because I, I get I, I I'm in the same category where I don't go to AA meetings, but then I just don't I just feel like shit, you know? Oh, yeah. And I and I don't want to drink. And you and I, I I remember that conversation where I called you and I was like I'm just not doing very good on meetings. And you and I were kind of both in the same boat. But you're you're a busy dude. So like what kind of what what is that? I, I don't know. I, I just I struggle with that. I don't want to drink. But I'm not going to meetings. You know, I'm just, I'm just dry. You know. No, it, it, it's bad, and and that's why you know this this whole um, this whole quarantine thing, um, and and the ease that for me, I, I am freaking lazy, man. Um, <laughs> and, and and you know, I got I've got a hundred excuses. That. I, I've got a hundred excuses. <laughs> Uh, come and look at my garage. You know, I'll clean it on the last day of the quarantine. That's that's my plan. Um, we'll, we'll be stuck at home for ninety days, and maybe I'll get it done on the last day. I um, you I'll, think that we're going to get that much notice? Yeah, there's one, there's one day left. Yeah, right. Um, I um, I know what helps me. I mean, uh-huh. um, it. But that doesn't change, you know. That that's still my 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 mind and my my alcoholic thinking will take over in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I still have enough fear, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Right, but, but I don't know that I'm going to have that fear tomorrow. And yeah. I, I I remind myself of that all the time. So I'll, I'll read I, that that I may have only gotten to a meeting every couple of weeks for a pretty good stretch there. Um, I I wasn't tapped out. I, I mm. never I never in my mind decided I was going to stop going to meetings. It was yeah. more my easy ease ease of making excuses that well my circumstances are this. When when yeah. my kid when my when I get through this stretch at work of travel or when I when my kids get to this point where they've got licenses and we're getting really close to that point, thank God. <laughs> um, and you know, or when they stop, you know, being in competitive dance or whatever it is. Um that I'll I'll be right back at it, and you know I'll I'll be I'll be right back where I was before. Now I can say that, but mm-hmm. I, I still keep in my mind that I know guys. We all know guys that unfortunately have gone back out after yeah. a period of years, and it it kills me. Um, and, and to to see that, but I know it helps me also, um, and it um, it's kind of that reminder i'm i'm afraid to forget but i guess i guess through that stretch up to this point i wasn't afraid enough to you know uh get, make that extra effort to try to you know get to three or four meetings a week i um i do i do a fair amount of of meditating i read 
Um, I, I've got on my top of my list, I've got to dig it out uh, to read a new pair of glasses. That came up on a meeting the other day. And, you know, um, there are there are opportunities for me to, to, to get what I need right now. And, and um, I, I wouldn't advise that to, you know, if, if I were anyone who was new or if I were, maybe I was just at the point where I'm, I'm going to some meetings, but I'm still struggling and, and maybe I'm still drinking a little bit. I haven't really gotten, uh, you know, the, any kind of foothold. I would tell you without a doubt to get a sponsor yeah and and get into the book and the steps um working the steps is a must i mean absolutely positively a must um now all that stuff you know you can you can do that um you know and you can you can have what you or others might consider a, a really solid program for a period of time maybe it's three years or, or more and then you go through a, a drought and you go through a stretch kind of like I did. I, I mean, I suffer from depression like a lot of other folks. And and it's um, it's hard for me. It's kind of seasonal, but it's not. And I, I, I kind of look back at the last six months and I, I know I was struggling with mm-hmm. that a bit. Um, I'm telling you what, the, these uh, these virtual meetings have fired me up. And, um, you know, I've been getting probably five meetings a week. Um, I joke that, you know, part of it's because I can sit on my couch and, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of wearing pants, you know, so I don't have to put those on. <laughs> you know, and, and I get, we got to laugh, but it's, um, it's wild. And I, and I, I am, I'm fearful for um, folks who, who really um, aren't, aren't able to get, um, out of a virtual meeting, what they can, and I get it. I totally get it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, my work has me out a lot, and I, I'm in front of um, folks. I do a, a lot of public speaking, and uh, and I talk to a, a lot of people all day, every day. Sure. But, but, but I'm more of an introvert than than what that kind of would suggest. And I'm, I love to just get, you know. I get in my spot in my basement and, uh, you know, I, I've got a pretty intimate relationship with Netflix right now that I need to, <laughs> that I'm going to need to shake at some point. Sure. But, you know, I, I let things get in the way and, and, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, knock on wood, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling as, as positive and as good, uh, tomorrow as I do today. Uh, I know I, I, if I didn't have AA, um, I, I'd be in trouble. I, I know it. Um, so, so tell me what. Um, okay, so quarantine gets lifted. We start to have um, you know meetings again. What does that look like for you? Like actual physical meetings. What what is your? How does your program change? Well, you know, I I can tell you where I sit today. I absolutely anticipate getting getting into meetings. Um, my my work I can see changing a bit because of how many uh, of our clients and, and people in general have adapted, um, you know, virtual technology. And we were using Zoom uh, for some of our stuff before, but there's, you know, you, we have to get out face-to-face, and, and that was what had me in airports and hotel rooms and in different parts of the country before. But we've been trying to uh, to transition some of that 
to uh, things like Zoom and and uh, WebEx and Skype over the you know over the past year two years really. Um, I think my opportunities to get to more meetings are, are going to be. I'm going to have less excuses. Maybe that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And, and I, I anticipate that the connections that I've been able to to keep by seeing you guys um, in meetings, you know, you're even even though it's just your face on a you know a, a thumbnail in a a, a large Zoom meeting, um, it that that that's a motivator to me to get back to meetings. Um, I've uh, I've gone through periods though where I, I really I really loved uh, you know I really loved meetings and and I'd get to where my mind would start working and I'm like man I'm not hearing anything new and, and then you know the next day I'll say hey it isn't about you it's about you yeah. know new new folks and yeah I, I'm a, I'm a selfish soul that's for sure so, I I really yeah. appreciate what you say about uh, being fearful about you know, drinking. Um, I, I, I know that I have a, a healthy respect for me drinking at some point, And that's what keeps me, I, I know that that's what makes me do even just this podcast, because for me, the, the zoom meetings are just, they're just a struggle. Um, and I, I know that if I don't reach out to other alcoholics and just even hear how they're doing how they're you know struggling or how they're having successes um i i know exactly where i'm going to be you know and, and i worry about I, I if i don't hear other people's successes and failures then i, I know i know I, like i totally get what you're saying i know exactly where i'm going to be you know and so like that 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 whole fear thing for me and it, for me is so it, like that makes so much sense and so I, I just I don't get it as I, that's why I was like I, I need to talk to Kevin because mm-hmm. I, I I wish um and I just wish that I could and I, I guess I get more of it whenever we're on those those sponsorship ones yeah. those zooms because then I know everybody and I kind of see where everybody's at but mm-hmm. um, those really big meetings you know where they're more anonymous those I just cause I I really miss the bullshitting before and after the meetings like that's really what I miss is just yep. talking to, you know you know what I mean just talking oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely get that. I, I um I I think that's a huge part of, you know, we talk about how important the fellowship is and man, it's tough to to fellowship over a freaking uh laptop or a smartphone. Um it, it just uh I think we just have to remind ourselves that, you know, we're going to get through this and um, you know, just hoping that the the folks uh that that are uh maybe uh struggling a little bit more uh, are able to to power through and you know I've always sucked at picking up a phone it, it's yeah. just you know guys talk about how heavy the phone gets and it's just again part of part of it is uh, you know I'll attribute to my laziness or that I'm fine I'll tell myself I'm fine freaking forever you know and I'm, I'm not um, so I, I think that's why that's another thing for, for new folks to to get a sponsor and 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 have you know, a group that you can rely on, you know, um, that when your ass is falling off, you, you're able to connect with folks that can relate and they, they know where you're at, uh, you know, like literally know where you're at um, uh, and, and emotionally know where you're at because that's a huge thing. Yeah. Well, that's all I have, Kevin. So uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? 
No, that I, that's that's it. That was a fun talk. I uh, I tell you, my uh, it, I was thinking about you calling this morning and thinking, you know, it'd be awful easy to call Corey and say, yeah, can we push this off? I, 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 and I immediately say, I know I'm going to feel better after talking to you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I knew it, and I do. And yeah. it's uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's the feeling that I get when I walk out of a meeting. Uh, yeah. And and maybe it's a meeting that I thought, yeah, gosh, I got to work on this project, or I got a flight tomorrow, and I got to do this and that, and you know things like that. So uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing. It's it's cool, and uh, keep up the good work, brother. Hey, thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Have, have a good, a good day, man. Yeah. All right. You too. Bye. Later. Bye.